Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. Guess how? Dr. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. I'm in Northern Michigan right now. Oh, awesome. Yes, yes. And how's the weather? I'm not sure because I have been mostly inside, but I think it's in the 70s. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Breezy, right? uh, Nice breeze off the lake. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, it's great about now that we're in June, it's summertime. You know, we get to see people go out and stuff. And that is just amazing. And you know what we're going to talk today about? The birds and the bees. Oh, even better than the birds and the bees. <laughs> yes, yes. Because before you get to the birds and the bees, there's got to be some kind of attraction. Oh, so right you, on. Yes, we're going to talk about what men want in dating and intimacy, which is so exciting. Yes. Yes, yes it is exciting. Yes. But before we get into that, um, I want to talk to you guys about the latest installment of my Improving Intimacy book. It's out there on Amazon. So think about getting it. And also there's the Audible will be on there soon. The other thing that I want to talk about is on the Bring an Intimacy Back show, we actually do a charity of the month. And this month is about pride. And so we are donating to the Trevor Project, which supports the LGBTQ plus um, youth. And it helps prevent suicide. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. amazing, definitely. So- now get back to the topic of our show. Dominique Drew, I would like to welcome onto our show. Welcome, Dominique. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, yes. So I know Dominique is an expert on what men want in dating. Yes, yes. And when I went onto your um, site, I realized that you have a lot of information, resources to help women and men in the sense of being able to personal and relationship coaching and that you've been doing this for over 20 years. Yes, definitely. And she's also been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Thrive Globe for her work and passion in facilitating the same powerful transformation. Yes. So welcome, Dominique. How, How did she find so much time to find out what men want? being that busy. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is I didn't really gear in to work with of 20 years. I felt just because I was a mess of insecurities and self-sabotage and I had to do something to, uh, to get myself together. And so I ended up, uh, finding this work and using it on myself um, and from then I have shifted about 180 degrees. It's been a completely different, um, I have a completely different way look, completely different than I did my work. And so it's been a really fascinating transition. Um, 
And then when I decided I wanted to teach this work to other people, I, I decided to work with dating and attraction uh, and with men specifically. Um, but the work isn't really about dating. Uh, it's not dating tips and tricks or you know, coping mechanisms or anything like that because nobody really has problems with dating. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to date my tricks. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody, nobody really, it's not, it's, it's one of the most intuitive things you could do, right? It's like, is to show up and, and mate, right? Humans want to mate. That's like, you know, we want to eat and sleep and mate. And that's pretty much it. And so, uh, and so I, 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 I help people solve the underlying personal problems that they have that just end up showing up in their dating and relationship life. Yeah. So that's a self mastery. That's how I solve the dating issues is through those sort of deeper psychological levels where we hold ourselves back from what we want. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, this shows about intimacy. And so let's just start off in the back. How do you define intimacy? You know, that is such a great question. Um, intimacy is about being open enough to let another see and experience you. So it's a, it's a matter of willingness actually. And that willingness can be when you're naked in bed with somebody, or it can be when you're passing this, somebody on the street, right? It's, it's how willing are you to be open and to let someone see who you really are. And when that moment can happen, you know, if they're open or to the same thing or not, then those beautiful moments of, of intimacy come. But it's actually really about openness. I think people think it's about sex or it's about uh, you know, vulnerability, I think is, co is commonly and accurately right. associated there as well. But it's really about that openness, um, being willing to let someone see and experience you. Right. And so um, as you specialize in what we call self-sabotaging, yeah, how difficult are suggestions or tips when you really don't like yourself mm. to be open when you're not even really open with yourself. Well, I should start there. Let's start about there, that part, when you're yeah. not open to yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's, that's why it's not really so much about intimacy with other people, because if I just work with somebody with the intimacy with themselves, the rest of the, the, rest of the issues solve themselves because that's the underlying problem, right? So one of the ways that I'm able to get results for people as quickly as I am, like in a matter of weeks, I have helped people solve issues they've dealt with for 50 years. Um, and that's not just like a single example. That's like, there's a lot of people that have done that. And it's not because I'm, you know, rushing them through or anything like that, but because I'm being really direct and solving the actual underlying issue and not treating the symptoms. Do you know what I mean? So would you say like, you know, in therapy, there's unconditional positive regard. We're not supposed to correct or redirect. We just sit there and nod and say, mm-hmm. So, and I've often wondered that, in therapy that can slow people down because you really should, it sounds like you have a tight rein on it that by, you know, giving that, by being directing and like say, Hey, um, could it be this way? Could it be that way? Instead of just sitting there and nodding. Yes. So it's a, it's right in the middle. That's great. I never get to talk to people who actually do this. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Um, so it's, it's halfway in between that. I don't suggest anything to them because obviously that then includes my bias with the client, right. right? And I don't want to do that. Even though, honestly, one of the reasons I think that my I'm kind of weirdly gifted in this area is because I've spent those 20 years doing this work, clearing my own biases. So a lot of the distortions that were messing me up, that I was very insecure, that I would project onto other people, I can now either don't come up, most of the time they don't come up, or, or if they do, it's, um, I can tell the difference, right? Because I've learned to recognize the difference between my stuff and, and your stuff. Um, so uh, so it's, it's, it's 
partially in that sense of that receptive, uh, unconditional positive regard that would fit. Um, but I do point out. So I, I ask questions such that they can see how it is that they're creating what they're getting. Like I help mm. them to make that link. So I don't tell them because even if I were quote unquote right, which doesn't really matter so much in this realm, it has to, A, as you know, it has to come from them. But B, it's also specific words that will resonate and it's their words and I can't necessarily know their words. So if even if I say, oh, it's this, if I were to tell them what their problem was, then I would use my words and it may not resonate with them. So it's, it's halfway in between in the sense that yes, I'm, 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 show, I'm reflecting to them. I'm not adding anything in, but I am reflecting pretty strongly. Okay, do you see, you know, oh, that's interesting. Tell me, you know, a, a question about this that then leads them to see how they're experience, uh, creating what they're experiencing. So it's basically what you're saying, the law of attraction. Uh, yes, kind essentially. Of Yes. Essentially, but yes. Embodied, yeah. So, like, how am I actually, as opposed to it being sort of in theory? A lot of people understand the theory, but in the embodied way, how is it that me carrying something about my mother that I decided when I was five is now repelling women without mm. even realizing it? Right. right. And once you can make those connections, once you move that from the unconscious to the conscious, suddenly you're able to do something about it. You know, but it, obviously, by definition, if it's in the unconscious, then in the subconscious, then they're unable to to access it, and so then they they can't solve a problem they can't define. Right. Very intuitive. Mm. It is a very yes. intuitive process, and a lot of people will. Uh, uh, part of this process seems to be that people get in touch with their own intuition, because I connect people with their body, and when they're connected to their body, all of a sudden they have access to so much more information, right? even information which might seem impossible, like how can I possibly know that this woman's good for me and this woman's not? Well, if you're connected to your body, there's a lot more information coming in. Suddenly those more subtle things that may seem impossible to the logical mind can suddenly become measurable and repeatable. Right, and many people don't, um, how can I put it? Don't think how their body, and there's a book called um, The Body Keeps Score. I don't know if hmm. you've Yes, yes, yes. It's a book um, that deals a lot with trauma. Uh -huh. And the body, yes, and how the body remembers everything. So yep. uh, many people don't realize how exactly you're saying how your body responds to certain situations. Based and on how much yes. information is is accessible through that. You know, you hear right. a lot of people talk about the wisdom of the body and things like that. Again, conceptually, maybe most people understand that but it's not understanding, it's a different realm. I'm not talking to your brain. Your brain already knows what you know. I'm not interested in what you, what you know. I'm interested right. in what you think, right? And as far as like how you perceive yourself, that's, that's what shifts. This is, is this that part of, I've read some of your stuff about mindset, about the mindset process that you have? You know, I use that word because again, it's more tangible. People understand what mindset means. It's yes. in reality, it's so much deeper than that. Right, but the words- yeah, it it's mindset management is from what I remember reading that you had. So can you describe mindset management to us and how you use that? Because I think that those are your words that you're, you've coined that, correct? Uh, yes. I mean, I, I don't think I came up with it originally. I, I think it's, it's fairly used. It's used in the sort of that community of, of overlapping between like entrepreneurs and success. They, they know that mindset's very important. So it tends to be used in the business world, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. in that, in the crossover, the therapy and the, and the spiritual world, um, it, it's just sort of a grounded, oh, that, that makes sense. And I use it just to describe the direction of your perception. 
right? You're, you're seeing things a certain way, it's not working, you're banging your head against the wall and you can't figure out why. When you look at it from a different angle, right? One that was previously subconscious, but that awareness then comes, suddenly the entire game changes. It's not mm -hmm. even like, oh, I see this problem and now I've done this thing and now that problem is gone. Yes, that's the ultimate result, but really the problem just melts because you become someone that you weren't quite before. So the, the process I use, intuitive as you say, is not very, it's not learning. I'm not teaching anyone. There's nothing that people don't know. The steps to enlightenment are online. Right. The steps to building an eight-figure business are online. And if you actually followed them, you would be able to achieve both those things without a doubt, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> the problem is you have the knowledge something is still stopping you. That's why I specialize in self-sabotage, right? Mm, yes. And so it becomes this kind of process of, um, of awakening. There's an awareness. And that's also why the results that people get with me are permanent because you can't un- become aware of something, right? So there, there, there's, a, there's a shift that happens where you become more authentically yourself um, and that reflects in your dating life. Awesome. All right, so when mm -hmm. we come back, we're going to look, go more into the dating life and especially um, how this specifically deals with men and what men want. And we'll take a short break and when we come back, uh, we'll go more into it. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to reek. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Kindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the vacation counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, vacation counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bring in Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. So we've been talking about how um, we've been talking about dating and what men want. And we have a wonderful relationship uh, coach, I mean to say, Dominique Drew. And Dominique, it's been talking about um, how we sometimes self-sabotage ourselves and not get the things that we really want. And we can really, you know, like you said, there's steps out there. 
and um, we can look at those steps and try to follow them, but somehow we're not getting it. Yes, yes. And I think um, from what you were also saying, if you're doing the same things over and over, but you're not getting the results, mm. you have to think about something different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I that, believe, go on. That seems like it should be really obvious, but it's amazing how many people will still keep banging their head against a wall, including me. Yes. I did that for years, many years right here, right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what causes people to stop banging their head against the wall and become aware, hey, I need to do something different? Well, I find that some people will make that leap on their own. Some people just call and say, my head hurts. Okay, right. Do you know what I mean? The, the, right. the pain gets to be enough. They're, they're 40 and now they're 50 and now they're 55. And suddenly they're like, oh, wait, maybe I actually should do something about this or I'm going to die alone, which is a lot of people in their own words tell me on the intro call, I'm like, what's going to happen if you don't fix this? And they'll say, I'm, I'm going to die alone. Okay. Or or I'm going to settle. Right. Right. And I, and I try to talk Right. I know when you settle, that's not, that's not good at all because then what happens is you actually change yourself. And then even if, yeah, it doesn't work out or if it does work, it doesn't matter. You've lost yourself and you're like, who is this? Who is this? Right. So, and so you're um, in a relationship you don't really want. Right. Right. I'm curious because this topic is about what men want in dating. How is that different than what women want? Yeah. So the niche that I chose, and I do work with women now, but I've really only started doing that in the last six months or so. Um, I've worked with uh, exclusively men for about four years. Um, and I did that not because the, the work is not specific to men. It's not even specific to relationships. It's specific to how a person works and where you stop yourself. Right. And that's, that's actually the only problem that anybody has in, in the world. That's, that's everybody's <laughs> one issue. It looks like all your problems are outside, but the more you work at, speaking of this 20 years, there's no problem I've come across that I haven't been able, that this work hasn't been able to fix. Um, and so it's really, it's really quite revolutionary in that way. Um, I started working with men though, because there was very few resources out there for men, you know? There's a lot out there for women. Women are on the rise. We are making a comeback. All of that is fair and appropriate. As a result, though, there's a lot of resources and support for women and very, very, very little for men. Um, I never knew that because, of course, I'm not looking for resources for men. So I didn't know that. Yeah, it's actually really, it's, it's really true. There are women's centers and women's hospitals and places where only women can go. And again, all of that's wonderful. For me, I think there also should be places where only men can go. And places mm -hmm. where they can bond together, like bonding with your own gender, you ladies know, is really barbershops. Really barbershops. Right. Barber that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really wanted to kind of, I, I thought, you know, this is, and, and also women get a little bit on their high horses in the dating world and say, oh, it's all the men's fault, but nobody's actually out there helping the men do what these ladies think they should be doing. You know what I mean? Like there's no, nobody teaches them how to be men. Oh, wow. You know? We're supposed to be good in bed by a certain point, but where did where did you learn, right? Where did where did these these boys learn? They're teenage boys. They're being run by hormones, and then we're like, oh, I can't believe that he, you know, whatever didn't last in bed or whatever your right. attitude is about, about these guys. And it's like you've never taught them. They don't call it making love when you're sixteen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they basically they right. Like you're having sex. It's prom night. You're losing your virginity. Well, so when do they cross over and start to make love? 
Exactly. When do they even learn the difference? When do, do they even know there's a difference? Has anybody ever told them that? Is there? Mm-hmm. What, what, what woman, you know, and, and so there's this sort of uh, just kind of imbalance that I've found. Again, part of which is appropriate time-wise and part of it is, is not. Um, so that was sort of my, you know, my piece. But as far as, you know, the men that I work for, I think that women carry a lot of beliefs around what men want and don't want. Like they only want to have sex. They're just sex driven. And they're kind of like animals in that way are very egotistical. I mean, the, the view of men is, is really quite negative <laughs> yes, from yes, a lot yes. of people actually. Um, uh, <laughs> and and I don't, and I don't know, like, mm. yeah. And that's not true at all. That's not what they just want. Really yeah. Not true at all. Actually. Right. Right, right. Um, now there are overarching trends. If you're like women are more nurturing, okay, evolutionarily, that's our that's more of our role. You know, theirs is different, that's fine. But the the huge generalizations that people make, yeah. actually it's called an image. I have a podcast episode entirely on how to recognize these. That's an image, like you know, um men men have huge egos, right? Or men only want sex. That's a huge generalized statement that cannot possibly be proven and does not apply to all three and a half billion men, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're, and so what happens in, and this is the work that I, that I work with a lot of which will probably um, uh, align with yours is, you know, when we experience overwhelm or a kind of trauma or a perceived trauma when we're very, very young, then, you know, children will generalize their life experience, right? So we, they come up with this huge, they draw a quote conclusion about the nature of the world, like men, men only want sex, right? And then that lodges subconsciously in the back of their mind and then they live the rest of their life as though it is true. And they're as looking- As if, if that's-, if that's Yeah, I guess. And what you're saying is because of the concept out there and the pre-notion idea of men just want to have sex. So they have that in their head and they're thinking, oh, this is just what I want to have, but I'm not satisfied. Exactly. And so if, the, if a woman had that, let's say a woman was, uh, was abused early on and said, oh my God, women, men are just sexual creatures. That's all they, that's all they want. They don't really see you. Right. Then she go through her life and then living as though that's true. And she will see that everywhere confirming her own beliefs. Then 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, she comes into my office and goes, man, every guy I've been in a relationship with has just exactly. Right the sexual piece and doesn't see me or I'm dismissed or I'm a trophy or I'm however that manifests for her. And I go, great, let's start there. Hmm. And we work our way back until we find that belief. And I'm mentioning that here because your listeners can start to do this right away. If watch your language, step one is to watch your language for huge overarching statements that can't possibly be confirmed, Mm -hmm. right? Women can't be trusted. Um, You know, men don't want to commit. Um, life is unsafe. Uh, I'm not enough. There's a popular one. Um, money doesn't buy happiness. I mean, it's huge, any kind of huge overarching thing. And some of these may not even seem like images because, which is just what those, those statements are called in, in my work, because they're confirmed everywhere. You're like, well, everybody knows that money can't buy happiness. I bet you anything there is one person in this world who would completely disagree with that. Right? Yes. It's right. Money can't buy. Yeah. Yeah. You can get happiness from certain things you buy. Yeah. And so what happens is what this does. And the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because it shifts you from, well, that's just how wor- the world is to which, which if you take that view, that's just how the world is. Men just want sex. Then, then you're a victim because you mm-hmm. can't fix men. Right. Right. And you're seeing men as the problem. 
If though you take that same issue and go, huh, I seem to attract men who only want sex and don't actually see me. I wonder what that's about. Mm, okay. And in that one small shift, you've shifted from complete victimhood to, to total empowerment. Right, exactly. And so how is it for the men who have, who, you know, realize, um, oh, maybe I've had a lot of one night stands or whatever, and I'm not satisfied. How does that shift work in the back of their heads? It's exactly the same. I mean, the guys who come to me, they want long-term relationships. They are lonely. Okay. They are good men. They either get taken advantage of by women or, you know, again, another pattern, right? Right. Um, or they get cheated on or they, um, they can't seem to find, you know, they keep messing it up and they don't know how essentially, right? And so they, they keep being single. And so we find same process. We work back. Great. What do you believe is true about yourself, about the world, about people that you're proving right? That's resulting in this negative patterns, keeping you single and unhappy. And so we go down, we find that, which you can usually do in a session. And then all of a sudden the things make sense. And then we get to work on, on healing, whatever it is. So what I'm hearing from you, Dominique, is that really the generalization of what men or what women want should no longer be. It should really yes. be you focusing on from stuff that you value in your life and you know everything else on your goals of what you want versus yeah. the general characteristics of men versus women. Yeah, keeping the assumptions out because if the more you limit yourself with those assumptions, the more you limit yourself, right? Exactly. Men, keep that if you're like, but I'm pretty sure men only want sex because I've Day, you know, I've known, I mean, in a lifetime, how many people could you, let's say you've known a hundred men, that's right. only a hundred men out of billions, you know, but you're using this control group, like it's representing everyone. And actually you're, you're, you're finding your own patterns. So the, the goal is to, and the change starts to happen when you start to recognize your patterns and own them as yours. Mm -hmm. I'm, I keep experiencing this. I wonder why. And then now there's a problem. Now there's something we can do something about right? You're attracting something. But if you just assume you're like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Then you're choosing right over being right over being happy. Right. And if the assumption, really, if you look at the first part of the word. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You, you to, to, to assume you make an ass out of you and me. Is that right? Have you yes. heard that? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to see right. which one of you curse first. <laughs> it's usually me. Oh, good point. Yeah, that's our first curse word. Yes. Yeah, we can do better. We can do better. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, yes. And so a lot of that, um, I looked on your, your website and you have a couple of different programs. Yeah. Yes. And I guess that first part that you were talking about, was that the inner evolution in the sense of, because you have a free course. I do. Yeah. The free course, I just called inner evolution. Inner evolution is just a term that I came up with, but it's really okay. accurate to what ends up happening. Right. Because you start to realize more of who you are and what's, what's going on and you're able to function a lot better. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And so then your other two paths, can we talk about those? The one of the art of attraction and the art of being authentic? Absolutely. Yeah. The art of attraction is my original program. It's an eight week program. And it's specifically designed to show you what it is that's keeping you single and specifically mm. what you need to do to fix it. So it's going that's back it. to like, like you said, finding out those patterns. Yes, that's exactly right. 
And when you can see those patterns as patterns, you recognize them. And, and people may know that what the patterns are before they come in, but they don't know what's right. causing it. So it doesn't matter, right? right. My, my process links the conscious mind with the subconscious mind so that you can have a conversation with where the problem actually is. And the really cool thing, my favorite thing about these programs is that as you're going through, you're learning the techniques. Mm -hmm. So you leave with the ability to fix your own problems. That's my goal. I don't want you dependent on me. I want you to be able to, to do this and to show other people how to do it, right? And so, uh, and so that eight-week course I, I made specifically for relationships. The Art of Authenticity was my next course, and it is, it's probably the best work I've ever done. It's a little bit more advanced. Um, it's less sort of you know, drawing each thing for you and more like really kind of bumping you up to the next level. And it's about how to be fearlessly and effortlessly authentic. It's about wow. how to recognize you know, fearless. You that's are, your word, Dr. April. I know that's my word. Fearless. Yes. <laughs> that's the word of the year for Dr. April. That's yes. a good word of the year. <laughs> that is. And yes. she is. Yeah. That yes. Makes a lot of sense. I, I mm -hmm. feel the same way too. I mean, I've thought that the other day. I'm like, I'm just, I just have no fear in my life anymore. And it used right. to be constant. It was all the time for me. It was, you know, the insecurity and the uncertainty and the self-doubt and the self-loathing. And it was just like, the whole thing was just a mess. Um, and now I don't, I don't project out onto other people. I don't worry about what they're going to say. I don't worry about how I look. It's like a whole different, much more effortless and joyful way of living life. And that's what I teach in the art of authenticity. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And like you said, to just be authentic, to just be you. Yeah. And yeah. That's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with. with unbelievable results in a very short time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And you just said it's a, it's a short amount of time. How long is the program? Uh, the art of authenticity is 12 weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that one's a beginning and end. I keep it intentionally small. Um, so there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. And again, the, the, the whole group um, really transforms as, as one. So it's a very accelerated process and we go very deep. Right, right, right. So basically um, in this whole thing about dating and intimacy, we started with how you self-sabotage, which is those negative mm -hmm. thoughts about yourself, um, all the way to being authentic. Yes. Which is, which is what happens when you clear those underlying thoughts. Like when I released my insecurities, suddenly I was okay being myself. And I never was before. Wow. And so now I can sit, I sit very comfortably in my body. I was very overweight before and I couldn't lose the weight. And then I did this work and fixed whatever it was that was actually sabotaging me in the moment. And all the weight fell off. I couldn't keep it on anymore. Right, right. And, and a whole different thing. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, and I would say the same thing in the sense of my weight loss um, over the years. But yeah, um, people don't realize that thinking negative about yourself and those insecurity makes your body just um, hold on to sugar and fat and all this other stuff. Yeah, everything is connected. That's, that's why the, the, it's not really dating work that I do. Everything is connected. So we solve that underlying issue, um, negative thoughts and, and deeper. And then all of a sudden things start to shift. It's like, yeah, we're fixing your dating life. But also, hey, hey, look, you're more confident. You're more clear. You're able to, to speak more. You're able to approach women or men joyfully and effortlessly. It's, it's actually fun. 
anxiety decreases massively. Um, depression, I mean, everything starts to shift because you're coming into balance with yourself. Wow, it's quite a process. It's quite a process. And I'm quite passionate about getting it out there for people to see because again, I mean, weight loss, I wasn't trying to solve the problem of weight loss, but the same process solved that problem. I could turn around right now and, and run my entire business toward weight loss or it's toward anxiety. It's interesting because uh, if we could figure that out, even like for some, some women uh, that do not get pregnant and they adopt a child. And then as mm -hmm. soon as they adopt a child, this phenomenon happens. They get pregnant. They get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a high statistic. I mean, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it really is high. And so there is a correlation between the reduced stress from, you know, hey, we have a child and then they can get pregnant. And this is your reduced stress from having lost weight and then having more confidence. Right. right. And, and there's also a, a, a human potential piece that may be relevant to that example as well. For example, um, I think it was like a, running a four minute mile. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a runner, so this might be, but there was some sort of a, a, a barrier. No human had ever run a four minute mile or, or gone faster than that, right? And for like a long time. And then a few years ago, somebody did it and then everybody started doing it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly this is the thing everybody did. Same thing there was, I remember in figure skating when I was a kid, um, they're not doing it, just watching it in the Olympics and things like that. There was like a quadruple, a quadruple jump or a backflip, I think, that, that no one had ever done uh, in competition, that nobody had ever landed in competition. One person did it, and then all of a sudden, and I remember by the time the next Olympics came around, the announcer's saying, it's now expected. If you don't do it, like, like that's now what the bar is. So there's also, uh, when I say everything comes down to the limitations of the human mind, I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> like There is almost nothing outside of it. There's a couple of things, very, very, very few, if you change your mind, the, the way just kind of opens. It's crazy. Oh. Right, right. That's sociology and evolution. It's, yeah, how we have advanced. And the more we advance and the more we, we think we can do things, yeah. And there's no, yeah, blockage. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that, um, that skating move is the triple lux because it's the second most difficult jump. The axle is the first most difficult. Not that I'm a skater. I'm a softball player. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but the triple lux <laughs> and that I do remember them saying that as well. It's so interesting. So somebody been... gives us permission because they did it and people said, Hey, you can do, you know, somebody else can do it. I can as well. That's very interesting theory and, and, um, to see that happening in relationships and dating. So if you yes. had to say what, what men want, uh, what would be the top three things that you found in your experience in how many years you've been doing this, what are the top three things that men want? Um, I would say the things that they want, um, specifically within a relationship, I'm going to say happiness, mm -hmm. which I think is not specific to men. Um, emotional support and companionship, someone to share their life with, um, are those are the three things that I hear them say the most. Um, they want they want someone who understands them, someone who um, they, can, they can connect with, um, that can really, uh, they can really see them. And here we are back to intimacy, yeah. right? Wow. Okay. They want that connection. They want that ability to somebody to be open with 
that life just goes on, right? There's there's that open connection between them and, and their partner. All right, well, we're gonna take a short break and when we come back, we're going to get questions from the audience on exactly this topic of intimacy and dating and what men and women want. If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web, you type in therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. <sighs> How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. DrKellyBoucher.com Welcome back to the Bring an Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. So we have been talking about the importance of knowing ourselves and not self-sabotaging ourselves by sometimes, I mean, if many of us have been out there dating for a while and maybe we're um, getting the same old type of things and how that definitely impacts what we're bringing into um, our circle in the sense of a true intimate relationship. So I do have one question that came from Susan from Texas. And she says, you mentioned earlier about self-sabotaging. I have these negative thoughts of, I'm not good enough, no one wants me. How do I change those thoughts or get rid of them? Yeah, so the, it's not just a thought. If it were just a thought, it wouldn't quite have the hold on you that they have. The thought is how you can recognize them, right? We were talking about earlier about images, right? Right. Um, and how to recognize them in your language. Well, the next more advanced step is to recognize them in your thoughts. And the reason why you recognize them in your thoughts is because uh, those are the places where you're out of reality, you're in distortion, right? Um, right. All men are the worst. Some men are definitely the worst. You know, all of them are not. And so you're out of reality in that way. And what that means is you're no longer living life in the present moment. You're in reaction to something that happened decades ago. And you're living now as if that were so. So when you recognize those thoughts or those phrases in your head, even though that's just the, the thought aspect and there's more underneath it. Just the awareness of that shifts it. It's very sort of quantum in that way, right? So when you look at something directly, and I've had this, this work really uh, quite considerably um, wonders really with anxiety um, is people will feel anxious and then just kind of work right. around it. Like they'll sort of cope, right? Same right. thing with most difficult or uncomfortable emotions. But if they'll just turn and look directly at it okay. consciously, shift happens. So if you were suddenly aware 
that you thought all men were sex machines and worthless, then it would not, and that there was significance to that thought as opposed to it just being a random thought. Right. If you knew that was significant, then suddenly it would make a lot, a lot of sense why you're a single woman at whatever age. Right. Right. Looking for a man and a man can't measure up. Well, you've already decided he's not going to measure up. So it's literally impossible while that is in place to meet a person and let him in because you've decided you're not going to. So just becoming aware of those, those, those overarching statements. Um, And then the third most advanced step. So recognizing it in your language is step one, recognizing it in your thoughts is step two. Step three is to turn and look at it and ask. Okay. Right. So you're saying, um, is this true or this not? And I also kind of confront me. Oh, that's something that's happening. Does that make sense? And so, oh, sorry. I think I might've been breaking up. Yeah. If you could repeat that again, I'm sorry. If you could repeat that. Of course. So would recognize those generalized statements in your language, right? And you'll you'll start to hear them in your friend's language as well. People that you hang around will have similar languages to recognize them in your thoughts before they even become words. Um, and then the third step is to turn and really look at that thought, right? That you that um me because you know, no blessed. Interesting. Anybody me or has one like me in the entire span of existence, right? And so, in that way, um, um, Dom- you can, Dominique, uh, Dominique, you, you you test it. Dominique, by any chance, Are if you, you could just say, yeah, I, I've lost you. I, I got the first part, but if you could say step two and three again, I would really oh. appreciate it. Of course. Step two is to recognize it in your thoughts before it even becomes your language, right? And then step three is to turn and really look at that thought, question it, right? If it's true, you should be able to prove it, right? If you say, I've had um, experiences with men that have left me feeling X, that's something you can prove. You went through those experiences. If you say, you know, men are the worst, that's not something that you can prove without talking to all of them and testing it out, right? right? And so in that way, you can find where you're limiting yourself and where you're keeping yourself stuck. And the important thing to know here is that some of them sound really socially acceptable. Like your friends will agree with you because they're colluding, but it's not helping you. It's making you feel better in the moment, but it's keeping the problem in place and it's keeping you stuck. Right, right. And like you said, Go ahead, Dr. April. No, I was, like, I was just going to say, and that's when you probably need a, a professional like yourself. It helps. It, it, it just, it accelerates the time. Yeah. I yes. was thinking about, you know, how those, like a group of friends reminded me of <laughs> Jerry Maguire with uh, Tom Cruise. And he started dating Renee Zellweger's character. And all these women were there at this divorce party like all these divorced women and in that group and he walked in and it was like um okay you know because of the generalizations that all men are like so uh, it's never good to generalize it's really it's it's not helpful it keeps you stuck 
Yes. Thank you so much, Dominique, for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. Yes. How, if anyone's out there and they're listening, they say, oh my gosh, I really want to get in contact with her. How can they contact you? Absolutely. Um, you can go to my website, dominiedrew.com, and I can go ahead and send that uh, to you guys or put it in the notes um, for you. Uh, and you can get on a free call with me. I, I highly recommend doing that. It's, it's just a, a, a kind of a space where we can um, go into more detail about what it is that you're going through, where you're struggling, and get you some clarity on what you need to do to fix it. Um, so that's a really worthwhile call anyway. And then if you know that you want to work with me and you're ready to sign up right away, you can do that uh, directly on the website. Yes. And you're taking men and women now. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Everybody's welcome. Awesome. Thank yes, you so yes. much, Dominique. And for those of you that are listening, we have upcoming shows. June 24th, we have Len Sturdivant with The Pursuit of Vertical Intimacy. July 1, Matthew Wanger's Sexual Addiction is an Intimacy Problem. July 8, Dr. John Meyer with Education and Intimacy for Non-Traditional Students. And then we have the Homance Chronicle host coming back, Making Friendships Work. So don't forget to follow us on social media and be a part of the Bringing Intimacy Back community. You can join us on our Facebook and our Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you get the idea, and YouTube. It's so, we're so happy to have you a part of our journey. Thank yes, so and the last, yeah, the last thing that I want to say, um, Dr. Kelly, I know you have one of these cups here. We have a merchandise cup here. We have a lot of bringing intimacy back um, merchandise. Yes, yes. So if you're thinking about, oh, I'm really following you guys and I really like it, definitely. Oh, I love it. I love it too. It's a nice, strong hearing bone. And who doesn't like a strong bone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Brings us back yes. to the beginning. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. About, about men. So, which is probably why we're, <laughs> we're going to end the show now. Okay. This has been the Bringing Intimacy Back. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye bye. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. You got me thinking of a That was a great there. note for ending. That's fabulous. That was total win. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And speaking of boners, and then it just leads into a whole other episode. It's just a double recording right there. Just like this is we'll do this another week. <laughs> but you know what? You can use this. This is one of my sayings. I always say to people, I don't do pro bono, I do pro boner. <laughs> great. Well, then people oh, should be more pro boner. Yeah. <laughs> you can play on that and you can say, hey, you can have a 15 minute. Free consult. It's pro boner. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're not into boners, it's still, still. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, awesome. Uh, nice, meeting you. nice meeting you, Dominique. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. See you fun. later. Great. Take care. I'm going to go right. get, okay, bye bye. And bye. April, I'm going to go get something to eat and I'll see you in a few minutes. Yes, yes. It's on the other link. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, bye. bye.